0: Hallelujah. If you can turn in your Bibles, this is a house of reviving. I am convinced that God wants to revive things in your life that have gone dormant. I am convinced. That God loves you enough that he's not going to leave you, but that he's going to come and he's going to breathe on you again. And some of those things that maybe got knocked around, beat up, tread on, he's going to cause them to grow and they're going to be stronger than they were before. Do you know God loves you? (laughs) He loves you. You say, well, what about, it doesn't matter about what about, he loves you. He loves you so much that he doesn't want you to stay where you are that he wants to bring you forward, but he loves you. And as a father, his love for you is also a corrective love. It's a caring love. It's a love of provision, a love of protection, but also a love of correction. He does not condemn he convicts. I want you to to turn in your Bibles to Hosea chapter 6. I've got a number of verses. I've got a lot on my heart this morning, and I want to get through it, so I'm going to kind of be like a shotgun this morning. You guys ready to get shot? (laughs) The amazing thing about God is he can hit you I've preached before and I've had people come up to me and go, you know, that really ministered to me and they shared what ministered to them and I'm thinking, that wasn't even my main point. So God can hit you anywhere you are. But in Hosea chapter six, I wanna read a couple verses here starting in verse one. It says, come let us return to the Lord for he has torn us, but he will heal us. He has wounded us, but he will bandage us. I found that interesting. Sometimes things happen that we don't like because God's doing something. You say, Well, I thought God never hurt me. I I can't explain it, but it's in the Bible. He will revive. I want you to see who does the reviving. He will revive. Quit trying to revive. Let God revive. Just come and say, I need it. He will revive us after two days. He will raise us up on the third day. Now, obviously, that is also a prophetic utterance of Christ. But I want you to see a picture of God here. He will revive us and he will raise us up that we may live before him. So let us know. Let us press on to know the Lord. And I want you to catch this. His going forth is as certain as the dawn. As certain as the dawn is how God comes forth, and he does it every day. I've been alive for over 57 years, and every day the dawn has come. And he will come to us like the rain. And we have no problem understanding what that is here in BC. I'm here to tell you, he will come and break forth like the dawn, and he will come to you like the rain, like the spring rain watering the earth. Let's pray. Father, I just ask this morning for the moving of the Holy Spirit that you are here. Lord, I just ask you to sprinkle like the rain on every single one of us. Where we're at, how we're feeling, what we're doing. How our day was, would you just come and override those things and just let your rain fall on us this morning? In your precious name, amen. I want to talk about the revelation of the knowledge of God. Do you know God's interested in you finding him? God is not hid to not be found, but he is found because he says, come and seek after me. There may be times, there were times where I felt like, where are you, God? And it wasn't that he had left me, and it wasn't that I was doing anything bad, but he just wanted me to come and seek him. He wanted me to come and search for him. He wanted me to come and abandon where I was and pursue after him. He hadn't left me, and I hadn't left him, but all he was doing was saying, David, I want you to get a little closer. I want you to get to know me a little bit more. In Matthew 6, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. In Matthew 7, verse 7, it says, Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened unto you. And if you continue reading in that passage in Matthew 7... If you're taking notes, write this down because I've got a lot of verses for you. Matthew 7, 7 to 11. If you continue reading that passage about asking, seeking, and knocking, I want you to see the affirmative answers that God has for you. He doesn't say, ask and I'm never going to answer. He doesn't say, seek and you won't find. And He doesn't say, knock and I'm just going to go leave you alone. He says, no, seek, ask, And it will be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open. And then he continues and he says, Listen, if you, as earthly men, know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more does your Heavenly Father? I'm here to tell you this morning that God wants to give you a greater revelation. Of him. God wants to. He's not holding back, but I think I believe sometimes he's saying, if you want it, how bad? Come and get it. In John 16, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, and he's teaching the disciples, saying, Listen, I am leaving but I'm sending someone, another one, the same as, not someone different, but the same as. And he's coming, and he's going to disclose to you or he's going to reveal to you the things I've said to you. In fact, he's even going to tell you more about me. What would it be like If every morning we gave God five minutes, whether it's in the shower or any other activity you do in the bathroom or whether it's sitting down having a coffee or whatever it is, but what would it look like if we gave God five minutes and just said, God, Holy Spirit, would you speak to me today? I think something drastic would happen. I believe something drastic would happen. I don't have this in my notes, but I'd like to challenge you this week to say, God, reveal yourself to me. And I'm not going to say you have to give him 24 hours. Give him five minutes of your time with you and him, and just say, God, I'm here. I'm going to get caught up in the activities of today. I'm going to get caught up in taking my kids to school. I'm going to get caught up in business. I'm going to get caught up in doing this. I'm going to get caught up. But right now, God, would you be with me today in the busyness of my life, and would you reveal yourself to me? What would happen? Write it down. Say, a seven-day challenge. Pastor Nelson's supposed to preach next. I say supposed to preach next week because he might not get a chance to because people might say, you know what? I gave God five minutes every day this week and he did something amazing. He revealed something to me. He showed something to me that I didn't understand or figure out. And, And God can give you more wisdom in a minute than you could have in an hour, in 24 hours. He, it says, as we sang this morning, better is one day in his presence than thousands elsewhere. It doesn't mean you don't talk to him for a thousand days. It just means what he has for you can be better than anything that could stain you for years. Five minutes. The re- greatest revelation... That you and I can have. The greatest revelation, the greatest revealing, the greatest disclosure that you and I can have is a revelation of the full knowledge of God. Because He will affect every decision, every moment, every millisecond of our life if we allow Him to. I was driving my vehicle last week, minding my own business. Being a good citizen, stopping at a stop sign and a guy runs through a red light, which I had a green light to go. And I drove through there and I thought, thank you, God, for watching over me. That guy went fast. And I was like the person to go. And it was like, what just happened? I believe in that moment, God has his angels watching over me. A revelation. When God reveals something, I'll just give you a little hint, because you're going to say, okay, God, reveal yourself to me. When he reveals something to you, it will always be consistent with who he is. So if you say, God, reveal yourself to me, he's not going to tell you to do something immoral. He's not going to tell you to do something that does not match who he is. He will tell you to do something according and consistent with who he is, consistent with what he does, consistent with his being, consistent with his attributes, his character, his nature. He will not tell you to do something that goes beyond who he is. It might go and make you stretch because that's not what you would have done, but it's consistent with who he is. A simple thing if you're saying God I want to hear your voice if you want to hear his voice and he speaks to you then confirm it with this and if he tells you something that's outside of this I would suggest to you that it wasn't him he's not going to tell you something that is inconsistent or not who he is he's going to tell you to love your neighbor He's going to tell you to love your wife, your husband. He's going to tell you to take care of your children. He's going to tell you, if if he speaks to you, he will speak consistently like that. He's going to talk to you about abandoning those things which kill your life. Jealousy, immorality, bad addictions and habits. He's going to speak to you about stopping those. Why? Because if you read in the, in the Bible, it says put off those things. Put off malice, anger, frustration. Put those things off and put on this. His revelation will always be consistent with who he is. His revelation has power. His revelation, I use a big word here, will change the inertia of your life. It will change the rhythm of your life. The power of his revelation will cause your life that goes to like this to either go like this or to change and go like this. But his power of the revelation will affect and change the inertia, the movement, the rhythm of your life. And I would say to you, it will change it for the good. Don't you love being around somebody that always makes things better for you? That's God. He's always there for you. The power of revelation. Paul in in Philippians chapter 3, he writes and he says, That thing which grabbed hold of me by Christ has caused me now to want to grab hold of that. He had a revelation from Christ, and he's, and he's basically saying, that which got hold of me, I want to now grab hold of that. Something happened, and he had a revelation of God that grabbed his life, that caused his life to be so drastically, so amazingly and so immensely changed that he says, I'm not satisfied just to let this. Now I want to get to know what grabbed me. I want to grab that and get to know that. God's done that for me. In the last couple of years, he's given me this a revelation and it's a very simple revelation of his love, but I can't get over his love for me. Because I know me. And sometimes me ain't very good. But he knows me and he says, I love you. And you know what? He comes to us. Sometimes in the moments of our greatest need. He comes to us in moments when we're fleeing. He comes to us in moments when we're anxious and, and, and worried and carried about with all these burdens. He's not afraid to come to us in those moments and give us a revelation of his goodness. It's a powerful thing. In Galatians, Paul says, the revelation I got... Is what I preach to you, and don't let anybody else give you something other than what Christ, the revelation of Jesus Christ. His conversion. He's going about thinking he's doing what God wants him to do, and he gets stopped, blinded by the light. That happened in the Bible before it became a song. And 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 he came to him and he blinded him and he captured him and he said Saul and he says why are you persecuting me and Saul says Lord who is this and he says it's Jesus who's you're persecuting and from that moment on he had a conversion he had a change he had an encounter and a revelation of God so drastic. That people said, isn't this the same guy that went about crucifying and grabbing us and taking us and dragging us out of our churches and out of our homes? What a difference a revelation to have. My prayer for you this year is that you would grow in the spirit of wisdom and in the spirit of revelation of the full knowledge of him. By the way, when you get wisdom and you get revelation, quite often they're interconnected. You get revelation, all of a sudden you start to get wise ideas and wise thoughts because God has revealed something. And the word revelation means like a disclosure, like an opening up of a garment, like the pulling away of something. It's it's like God says, come and seek me. And then let me show you something. He spoke in parables. Why did he speak in parables? He spoke in parables because he wanted his disciples to get it. But he actually said others he didn't want to get. And he says, I'll disclose it to you. Ask me. Sometimes God might speak to you and it will cause you to say, God, what does that mean? power of revelation. Ask God for revelation. What's amazing is when you get a revelation of the full knowledge of God, it will affect every single thing you do. And this is, I find this amazing. It's like, God, I want to get a revelation of you, but it will affect how you look at the homeless. It will affect how you look at people with addictions. It will affect how you go about your daily duties. Why? Because you've got a revelation of God, a full knowledge, a revealing of him that goes, that picture, that impression, that interaction causes me to change the way I do this. Anybody here could use even an eensy-teensy-wit little bit more of a revelation of him? What I find is is it says a revelation of the full knowledge of God. I'm not sure we get the full knowledge of God, but the knowledge that he gives me kind of like, it's like fuel for the fire. And when you get together with other believers and you start sharing revelation and they start sharing revelation, all of a sudden those things grow. And they grow, and you get this amazing picture of Christ. Apart from getting a revelation of God, if you get any other wisdom that you can acquire, any other revelation that you could acquire, will stop, it will fall short, because it is not the revelation of the knowledge of God. Man's wisdom will not carry you through to the end. Now, man's wisdom, there, there are some great things with man's wisdom, but man's wisdom always has an end. I mean, we have these amazing phones. Phenomenal. Do you know there's more power in the phone now than in the original spaceship that went up? Like that's amazing. But You know what? Every once in a while, I get this little thing. You need to update. Well, I thought this thing was great. Yeah, it's great, but you know what? There's a bug. There's a bug because when you push enter, something happens. Man's wisdom always needs an upgrade, it always needs a refresh, it always needs a fix to the bug. But God's revelation never needs an improvement, it never needs an upgrade the same words that were written 6,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago with his life, the same words that are in this book have the same life, the same power today than they did when they were written and spoken by the Holy Spirit. There is always going to be limits to what man can give us, but there's never a a limit to the revelation of the full knowledge of God think about a situation that you might say has no spiritual impact in my life. You know, how to make this become more effective, how to build this, or how to pursue that. I've got things that I'm working on right now in my mind, and I'm saying, God, I need a revelation from you because I don't know if I should proceed or not. This is very enticing. This is very interesting. Can you give me a revelation of the full knowledge of God that would give me the wisdom and the revelation to know whether I should move ahead? Because man's wisdom might say something, but then the economy can change. But God knows the economy. And so he might tell you something different. I am convinced getting a revelation of God will change the things that I do. Get a revelation of the power of his breath get a revelation of the presence of the Holy Spirit I mean he's with us all the time he's on me he never leaves me and yet when we have a service like today and we say rest on us it's not that we don't know he's here on us but it's like there's just something amazing that happens when we get together that there's an activity of the Holy Spirit that comes and it flows and it moves and it's not that he wasn't with me before but it's like Lord I need you even more It's not that he's unable. I wrote down here some thoughts. Wisdom and revelation, they flow together so often. We need a spirit of revelation in the full knowledge of God. We need a spirit of wisdom in the full knowledge of God for everyday situations. Practically speaking, Jackson, I saw your face. You are an amazing tile setter. But the revelation of the knowledge of God can even affect that and it can cause it to even increase and God can give you little bits of wisdom as you do a layout that you go, wow, I never thought of that before. And it can be effective, it can be efficient and you can make more money when you listen to God than when you try to figure out on your own. Just give him five minutes. Five minutes. The spirit of revelation, I wrote down these thoughts, and I am convinced that it can help us understand the necessity or the need to affect homelessness. That's an epidemic in our community, in our world. I believe God's got an answer. I don't know it yet, but I believe he cares enough to have a solution. Mental health issues. I am convinced that God cares about us enough that he wants us whole, soul, and spirit. And sometimes we can see the flesh or the body, the ailment of the body, and we can deal with a broken leg, but we have a hard time understanding the workings of the, of the soul and some of those issues and some of those hurts, and we don't understand it enough enough to deal with it like we could deal with a broken leg, but God can give you the spirit of the revelation of the knowledge of him that can unlock one word and that can help somebody with a mental health or illness or depression or loneliness or anxiety. He can deal with that the same way he can deal with a physical ailment. I'm convinced. And quite frankly, many of our physical ailments come from an internal issue. PTSD, turmoil, behavioral adjustments, societal normals and acceptance, social or societal or peer pressure, relational issues, financial solutions, even fitness goals and desires. I believe Holy Spirit can help you with that. He certainly needs to help me job site challenges, workplace stressors, triggers, trauma, loneliness, addictions, visible addictions, and non-visible addictions. Some people's addictions are very visible. Other people's addictions are very subtle. I believe God can deal with them and give you and I a spirit of revelation of the full knowledge of God that can touch somebody who is fighting a habit Philosophy says, "Oh, you got to know yourself." The Bible says, "No, you got to get to know me." Society says, "What's your truth?" The Bible says, "This is the truth." And we come up with some crazy ideas because everybody else is doing it. It's something famous on Instagram, and an influencer says this, and we start believing those things and we start building those things up, but we forget God in the whole thing. And I'm praying, and I need this too. I need a revelation of God because I believe every level, every position, every place you are in, you need God more than you needed him yesterday. The spirit of revelation of God is the full awareness and knowledge of God in a situation and navigating that situation with the skill that only makes other people say, wow. I didn't see that. How did you do that? And then, please, don't say, oh, yeah, well, it's nothing. It's like, you know what? <laughs> I don't know. Because that wasn't something I thought of, but I asked God for wisdom today. I asked God for a revelation of him today. I asked God, you know, and, and you might say, well, that sounds super spiritual. Okay, then just say, you know what? I prayed this morning that God would be with me. I think people are okay with that. You don't have to get kooky and go, well, I prayed for the spirit of the wisdom of the revelation of the full knowledge of God that would break every entrance and this and that. You can just say, you know what, I prayed this morning and I asked God to be with me because I'm facing things that are bigger than me and I need him. Hmm. Are you receiving this morning? Because I want to close but I want to close with some prophetic words over all of you. I'm not going to pick people out, but I believe God gave me some, he gave me a, (laughs) I think he gave me a revelation. And I want to share it with you. This year, I believe God is reviving me. This year, I believe God will Revive you. And I want to speak some words of reviving to build your faith, to cause you to see with eyes that you couldn't see before. And so what I did was I I was going through the whole aspect of reviving and spirit of wisdom and knowledge. And God directed me to the story of Jacob. And so as I share this, I am also believe this is prophetic. But I'm not going to say, thus saith the Lord. I'm just going to tell you what God impressed in my heart. But in, in Genesis chapter 33, we have the story of Jacob kind of at the end of his life. But if you want to get a better picture of Genesis 33, you take a few steps back. And you take a, a little bit of a broader look. In Genesis 33, he had this amazing revelation, but it actually started in 28. Genesis 28, his, if I could say, quote-unquote, first revelation, was he was fleeing his family because he had deceived his dad and he had got the birthright. I find this amazing. Just think of an individual or yourself. But think of an individual. Sometimes it's easier to think of somebody else. But but if you're if you're brave enough, think of yourself in this situation. Have I ever done something deceitful or tricky? I get caught, and then my mom, because my dad was a little upset with me, my mom sends me away and says, You go to your uncle's place and, 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 and you let me deal with the mess that you made here, and you just leave. And on his fleeing. He goes to bed that night, and he has a revelation. He has a dream. Angels ascending and descending. And he wakes up, and he goes, surely God was in this place. God met with him as he was fleeing the mess that he made. I want you to see how good God is. God didn't wait for him to get it all figured out. God went after him. Because God's committed to his covenant and to his words. And he meets with Jacob, and the angels are ascending and ascending, and he wakes up, and he goes, God was in this place, and I didn't even know it. And he calls that place Bethel, and he makes it an altar, he builds this memorial. He builds a place of memory of what God meant to him at Revelation that he got. He builds a place, and he builds something to remember God, and he gives it a name. And you find out throughout the Old Testament, people gave names to things when God had done something. Why? Because he revealed part of him to them that they maybe didn't understand before. And he gets this revelation, and I'm just amazed because it's, it's, it's the backdrop of it is that he's running away. He calls it Bethel, the house of God, the gate of heaven. Now, I want you to understand this. He gets a revelation. He goes, this is the house of God, and actually where God's house is, there's that gate or an access to heaven, Now, we know in the New Testament, Jesus comes, and he makes it even better. We have direct access. We have a gate to heaven all the time. But here he's getting this revelation. He says, God was here. Angels were ascending and descending. This is his house. And one of the pictures of the word house, when you're in someone's house, you are under the covenant. You're protected. You want to walk in protection? Stay in God's house. That was free. The next revelation that he gets is years later. He served Laban. He marries Rachel and Leah, and he served Laban for years. I mean, he must have loved those women. He flees Laban. Again, this is, he's got a character flaw. He doesn't deal with his issues. He's running away from... Laban. He actually is very deceitful, and he, he sneaks out to get away, and Laban finds out about two or three days later and comes after him. Now, not only is he leaving Laban, but he's planning on meeting Esau, who he fleed from years earlier. Can you imagine the turmoil, the stress, the anxiety that maybe he had And he's fleeing and he's running. And he's getting prepared to meet his brother. And I mean, if you don't think he was freaked out about meeting his brother, you find out he said, I'm going to send him these gifts so that maybe he'll be nice to me. And after he's got those gifts, I'm going to send another batch of gifts. And maybe after that, I'm going to send, and then I'm going to send my kids and he's just going to see how beautiful and how amazing my kids are and my family. And hopefully he's not going to beat me up when he gets me. And the word beat up there was, was my version of do some real damage. And he goes to bed that night. And he wrestles with a man, it says, all night. He's wrestling with him all night. Dawn is starting to come. And the man says, let me go. And he goes, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. I want you to see something here. He has not come up and presented himself very well before this man in the fact that he's running, he's fleeing, he's under stress. He he doesn't have his act together. God came and met him where he was. He met him when he was fleeing his family. Now he meets him when he's fleeing, his family is his next layer, and he's also preparing to meet his brother. and God says, "You know what? I'm committed to you, I'm coming to you." And he wrestles all night and he says, "I won't leave till you bless me." And he changes his name, and he touches his hip, and he wakes up, or he wakes up, he was awake from what I read, but he goes... I've seen God face to face. I want you to see something. He moved from the house of God to an intimacy with God. The house of God is great, but can I tell you there's something even more greater than that seeing God face to face? That's not just recognizing his angels ascending and descending and having this amazing service here of being in his presence, but it's also going away, going, you know what? I saw him face to face as a man sees another man. And I was supposed to die, but I didn't die. But what happened is it changed me, and now I walk with a limp. Sometimes things are so drastic that we do the way we act the way we live changes because God touched me i believe god has affected me and i've talked to some people and they said well now you walk with a limp and they're they're being they're using that as as you've been touched by god in a way david that's changed the way you walk and it went from being in his house being aware of his presence to now being aware of his face. I'm speaking this prophetically today because God is reviving things in me and he is reviving things in you that maybe were spoken before, but they've been dormant for years But as he's revived them, he's not just bringing you back to the house. He's bringing you now to see him face to face. He's bringing you into an intimacy and an awareness and a closeness so tight that it's like you've seen his face and he's reviving i believe he's reviving things in you not just for you but if you study this and you continue reading the next chapter chapter 23 he goes and he buys a piece of land in the country or in this city called Shechem and he builds an altar there and he names the altar El Elohim Yesriel which means God God of Israel and what's amazing through this is the revelation he got. He used to refer in his encounters with God and in conversations with others, he would say, this is, I talk to you about the God of my father and the God of my dad and my God of my uh, great-grandfather and gra- or grandfather, Abraham and Isaac. And he would refer to relationship through his father or his father's father. But when he had this revelation of God face to face, he built this altar and he named it El Elohim Yesriel, which means the God, God of Israel. It was no longer the God of my father. It was now the God of me because God changed his name from Jacob to Israel. I'm telling you the revelation that God gave me was he wants to revive those things and it's not going to be because of your dad or your uncle or your grandpa, but now he's making it so personal that you grab onto it yourself and say, no, he's the God of me. He's my God. And he wants to revive those things in us so that we no longer just say it was this or that or look for, it's now, no, this is personal. This is me. And it affected the nation of Israel. God meets you where you are to bring you where he is. That was good. You might want to write that down because I don't have it in my notes. But God meets you where you are to bring you where he is. And in that travel and in that moment and in that journey, it changes from what I have because of my ancestors, my descendants, and all those. It changes from that to now becoming something so personal I've seen him face to face. And he's my God. He's the God of David. He's he's the God of Israel, the God of the strength of Israel. He is the God. And he made a declaration. He built an altar and he made a declaration that changed all his conversation from previous, had now changed and now was like, no, we're not talking just about Abraham and Isaac. We're talking about what God did for me. And this morning, it's still morning, God wants to revive things in you so that you would no longer look at them in the past, but now they would become in the present. And not only what you experienced in the past, but now they would become so personal that you attach and say, no, this is... This is my God. This is my God. And I'm speaking prophetically. God wants to revive. I know he's reviving things in me. I feel something in my spirit that I haven't felt for a few years. And he's still reviving. He's causing things that hurt. Cries that I've had. He's causing disappointment that I've had. He's causing sadness, confusion. The wise, he's causing those things. And he's saying, David, I'm here. I want to meet you face to face. And I want to change you. This morning, my prayer for you is that you would get a revelation of the wisdom and knowledge of God, full revelation of the spirit of wisdom and the full revelation of the revelation of God, that it would cause you to change your language, to say no longer is it the God of this house, but now he's the God of me. And I would challenge you, I would beseech you if I was in the New Testament writing like Paul, give him five minutes. Give him five minutes in the morning and just say, God, I could use your wisdom. I could use a revelation of you. And you might forget you even talked to him in the morning 10 minutes later because you're busy doing something, but he heard you and he wants to reveal to you his face. And I believe, I am convinced and I'm expecting with hope that you will have a report that says something happened this week that beats the rest of the weeks that I've had. Something happened, and I got just this little taste as Josh sang a song of the Lord, honey on my lips. And it was so sweet. That's my prayer for you today. Do you receive that? If you could stand... Now this is my closing. I believe there's a, a holy presence of God here right now. My spiritual feelers pick up something. I don't want to be casual. I don't want to be I, I want to be careful in his presence. So I want you to think about what I'm saying right now because I believe he will do something. But if you're saying, God, revive, if that's truly something, even if it says, you know what, I can't see it, but God, I want you to revive. I want you to bring back to life. I'm going to ask you just to open your hands. A physical act Of just saying, God, I want to know you face to face. I'm not satisfied just with coming to church. It's great. It's God's house. I'm under covenant. But God, I want to move even closer, deeper, and get to see you face to face. And if that's you, just just open your hands. And I'm going to ask God... I'm going to invoke his name on you, which I believe is a very powerful spiritual authority that I have as a minister of him to the people here. I don't do this lightly. I'm invoking his name, and I'm saying the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Give him five minutes and see what he can do. God bless you. Thank you for your time. We went way over time. Thank you for that. Have an amazing week.